0: Welcome to the Empowered Movement Podcast. Hello, everyone. Dr. Emily here, chilling with Samson as per usual. He is underneath the table that I record on. And so if you hear any random sounds um, from the universe, it's most likely him. Hopefully it's not me. Today's topic of the day is going to be a little bit about circus and aerial artists. Caveat, I have already recorded this episode once and my computer decided not to save it. So you're going to get probably a more efficient version than the first time that I recorded it. So hooray for that. I recently have decided... ...that I'm going to be a little bit more vocal about the niche of the movement world that I specialize in. I treat out of a pole studio. I work a lot with circus and aerial artists of a variety of different kinds. Mostly pole dancers, but I have worked with and find it really interesting to work with these types of athletes. And have decided that I'm going to start yeah, just sharing the information that I learn about them for both the artists to be more educated and empowered and for my healthcare friends that might be a little overwhelmed when these types of people come in looking for care. So let's talk about the circus. I'm going to lump in circus and aerial pole all into one and I'm just going to call them circus artists. I realize that there are differences and that is fine. I just... Don't want to continue having to say circus aerial pole tumbling floor acrobatic all the different styles that exist and so we're just gonna we're gonna say circus and move from there recreational sports of this genre are exploding at least in the us in two thousand and seven there were like less than ten circus. Schools that responded to a survey about, like, do you exist slash are you still open? And in 2018, there were more than 800. I'm gonna very much imagine that from 2018 to now, it has almost doubled. It seems like they're just popping up all over the place. Um, aerial apparatuses are being found in yoga studios dance studios gymnastic gyms traditional gyms pole studios like basically any sort of place that has a ceiling pretty likely that somebody's going to try to rig something um there are a lot of adult circus artists coming on the scenes which is amazing and not that there's not youth that do it as well youth circuses Um, Pretty common as well, depending upon where you are. But trends are more female, if we're speaking of the binary, than male, and more uh, adults than youth. Um, Circus is amazing. Aerial sports are amazing. There's a really great community around them. You have to be trusting if you're working, especially if you're doing a, a partner routine. Trust the person that you're working with. Um, A lot of times you're in or you can be in um, some pretty revealing outfits, so being comfortable around other people, you just build this amazing community. Um, You have to have some pretty good body awareness to do a lot of the skills and it's reaching a lot of different types of people. Most of the different disciplines can be adapted based on your physical and mental abilities and so it's, it's pretty inclusive and can be used for um, occupational therapy, physical therapy, um, social work, and uh, psychotherapy. Movement is medicine and moving in while you're like upside down and spinning can be really super fun. There are a few misconceptions in this world that I think it's important for about the circus artists to be aware of, as well as healthcare. There is a underlying theme that these disciplines are painful. And I'm going to say that again, a misconception. There might be some discomfort. There might be some pain while you're doing some of your skills. You are asking your body to contort itself around an apparatus, but it should not be a pain that Keeps you from doing your activities of daily living. Keeps you from getting into different positions. Um, It should hurt temporarily while you're doing a drop or doing whatever. And then you should get off and you should feel relatively the same. Minus maybe being sore from a workout by the time that you get home. Um, A lot of these types of athletes are concerned about reaching out to healthcare providers, and I'm going to lump myself in with that. I don't want to deal with people projecting their stigmas about the sport that I choose to do onto me. I don't want to deal with people telling me that I just shouldn't do the sport that I love, that I should avoid the position that I need to be in to be able to do the sport that I love. You wouldn't tell a baseball player not to throw a baseball if their shoulder hurt. You wouldn't tell a football person not to tackle if their shoulder hurt when they were doing it. Don't tell circus artists not to do the sport that they love to do. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean that they shouldn't be able to do it. It means that you should learn more about the sport that they're doing. Obviously, injuries are common in a lot of sports doesn't mean that we should accept them as just part of the sport though. So being able to access care is something that's um, super important and being able to access high quality care is also very important. Their body is like how they do this sport, right? Which I think is almost every sport, like you need your body to do things, but um, there's a wide range of varieties in um, circus arts, so there can be professional people, people that make um, some sort of income whether it be from doing gigs or instructing and they need their body to function well or being someone that does it recreationally but still has a job that they need their body to not be in pain from so like kind of both ways there is a lack of I'm gonna say I don't know if trust is the right word, maybe trust. It seems like people in the circus and aerial communities tend to trust each other more than they trust outsiders. So a lot of times their go-to for advice, whether it be for like training advice, how do I get into this move? How do I do something? to How do you handle this injury? is going to come from within the community. And being in quite a few of the Facebook groups around the, the different disciplines, um They need help. A lot of the advice that they are given is really outdated, is really poor, and it's really sad and honestly not super surprising why the injury rates are so high because they don't really feel like they're able to get the best care. And these are high level athletes. Like, even if they're recreational, um, they can be doing some crazy things, but only doing it a few times a week. And just saying that, like, oh, they're a weekend warrior and um, kind of dismissing them is doing both yourself and them a disservice. So, when you're working with a circus artist, or if you're a circus artist yourself going into to seek care, know that you're coming in for a reason. It's important that you are being listened to and are um, asking questions to make a connection, both the patient and the doctor, and do your best to learn the language of a circus artist if you're a healthcare provider coming in so ask what the different moves are called ask what um like where they train their apparatus similar to what you would do for any other type of sport which is great also i feel like it's probably Maybe this could be a whole other podcast of whether you should call circus artists artists or if you should call them circus athletes. I tend to lump everyone into um, the athlete category because a lot of the stuff that they're doing is very athletic. (laughs) Um, I think it's really important to ask about their training schedule, their discipline, skills that are causing their concern. Um, If they're having pain during training, during activities of daily living, making sure that you're able to connect with them, like both as the person and as an actual athlete in whatever capacity that they're choosing to um, perform in or train in. There's not a lot of research when it comes to circus specific injuries and or athletes And if we're going to go down the rabbit hole of picking apart the different disciplines, I guess even less, every few weeks or so I will go on to PubMed and see if any more um, studies were done specifically for pole dancers since that's the population that I work the most with and very rarely is there anything. So hoping that that can change at some point. The most common areas of injury, according to a few different studies that we have about this topic, um, show that the most common injured areas, which will depend upon their discipline a little bit, will be the shoulder, the low back, slash lumbar spine, the ankle, the hip and proximal hamstring. And it can be anywhere from like 10 to 60% of people have an injury in one of those areas. So... There's definitely a need for some injury prevention, slash, like risk reduction, because you can't really prevent injuries, and for um, education and healthcare providers to be able to help this population. Um, some risk factors for injuries are, I would say, fairly common to any other sport. It includes um, mechanical, slash, tissue load. So, Do you have any muscle imbalances? Do you have the strength for the skills that you're asking your body to do? Do you have any previous injuries? Do you have any connective connective tissue disorders? A lot of circus skills put you at an end range of motion and you need to be able to generate a lot of power and be in that position um, fairly repetitively while training. So making sure you have control of your entire range of motion. Overuse, overtraining injuries are very common. There's really not an off-season for this genre of sports. Most of the stuff is done uh, inside and then can be moved outside if you have the ability to rig your apparatus outside. Um, so you can train 365 if you want, but just because you want to do something doesn't mean that your body's ready to do something. So planning out your training can help reduce some of those overuse Injuries with COVID, especially under training, is something that um, I'm going to imagine we're going to see a a spike in injuries because people haven't had access to their normal training setup for, oh gosh, potentially a year. And if you've been kept from something that you love for a year, very likely you're going to go out and want to do all the things, and that can lead to um, an injury. Um, Inconsistent training load is also one that... I see quite a bit with people, people will get the the bug, like they will very frequently be like, oh, I, I kind of want to try this, and they will take a class or two, maybe they'll do a beginner series, and then they'll decide that they want to start doing this more regularly, and so they'll go from like a class or two a week, maybe, to three, four, five classes, as many as their schedule allows, um, with no buildup, and that can be... A recipe for injury if you are not careful. A few other things that I think are important to touch on. It's important for you to um, warm up. And I'm going to take a squirrel moment and go on a soapbox for a moment. Your warm up should make you warm. Yes, I said that. Your warm up should make you warm. Static stretching for your entire warm up is not a warm up. Yes, your warm up can can include static stretching. And if you're going to be in static positions, then... You probably should include it in your warm-up, but hanging out in pigeon or whatever version of the splits that you have and calling yourself warm is not a warm-up. It is important for these athletes to have proximal stability. So think um, core stability, to have distal mobility and strength. And this is really important for inversions, active flexibility, initiating movement, um, and it's very interesting because when you're looking at a lot of research on like core power, or you think of a baseball player, a lot of power comes from the legs, from the trunk, and then the last like little bit will come from the actual shoulder. A lot of times these athletes don't have contact with the ground. So a lot of the initiation of that movement is different because they don't have something to push off of when you're 10 feet off the ground and you're hanging on to an apparatus. So biomechanically, the sport's kind of different. The demands are different. And I think it's super fascinating. Hopefully you find it fascinating as well and want to learn more about this lovely niche of the movement world. I'll be sharing a variety of educational things on my Instagram at dr.emilyrausch and Rausch is spelled R-A-U-S-C-H on Instagram. Be sure to check me out over there if you have any questions. And if you are in the Boise area and want to work with me um, in person, I treat out of Ascension Pole and Dance um, a few days a week and we can work in person. And then if you are a pole dancer looking for online performance training. I recently launched a online program specifically for you. So hit me up and I will give you the details. We'll see if you are a good fit. I hope you have a wonderful day, whatever that looks like. And I'll talk to you in the next one. Bye!